from the darkest corners of the creepy old house down the street to the screams in the night. Settle in, para family, to join with Whitney and Brandon for another spooky episode of the Para Unity Podcast. <laughs> Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the Para-Unity Podcast. As always, I am Brandon. And I'm Whitney, and it's so good to be back in black. <laughs> I am wearing black. Very, You're very wearing good. black. I'm kind of golden tonight. <laughs> always golden. Stay golden, pony boy. <laughs> yes, I will. Oh, God, that's a devastating line. <laughs> oh. I knew you'd like that. Well, Whitney, tonight we are headed south to the Valley of the Sun, otherwise known as Phoenix, Arizona, to talk to our guest, Vinny Amico, 40-year investigator and founder of Arizona Paranormal Investigation and Research Society. Now, that's not all with him. Oh, wow. <sighs> this this guy's got a lot going on. He does. He also heads up the Arizona Ghost Tours, as well as the Paranormal Group, which is an amazing collaboration of teams that are all working towards the same goal. Yes. It's amazing. This is but- exciting. It is, but we'll get into more of that in a bit. Whitney, have you ever been to Phoenix? Kind of. Um, I flew. I have been in the airport. Um, I once upon a time had a boyfriend who was in Scottsdale, Arizona. He was at the Culinary Institute there. So I have been out there. And I'll tell you, flying, being an East Coast girl and not used to I flying over... Um, the mountains and flying over the desert in Arizona, I look down and it's like, it looks like cracked leather, the landscape. <laughs> and I think in all my years of traveling and going to different places and countries, that was the first time I actually felt culture shock. Actually. Really? Yes. I felt culture shock when I was there just because it was so hot. Oh, it's that bad. Come on. I had the privilege of being there in mid June which is one of the hottest parts of the year for them down there. Well, that was, and, that, that's not, that's not, that's your fault, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Old work for sending me down there in the hottest mm. part. Um, yeah. We flew in at midnight and it was already 105. Wow. And I think it, it got up to almost 130 while I was down there. And, wow. you know, I'm from Iowa. We have the humidity and it gets into the hundreds here and, Everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's dry heat down there. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, no, it's hot. It I don't care hot. who you are. I'm fat, and it's hot, <laughs> and it was gross. <laughs> but so. it's still very beautiful. Um, the, there really is something very dramatic and very haunting about the landscape in Arizona. So I can't wait to hear more it about it. So let's get into it. Yeah, and that was actually just outside of, well, about an hour outside of Phoenix is where I had one of my favorite places I've ever did ghost investigations at. Really? Yeah, it was in um, it was Superior, Arizona. It was an old school that, um, that's the one where I was telling you about where we had the kids playing hide and seek oh. with us. Oh, yeah, that's right. And on right. the EVPs, we were asking their favorite animals and they were saying quack back to us. So, oh, how cute. Yes, yeah, it was an amazing place. But we're getting off track, as always. No, we're not. We're actually we'll, quite on track. <laughs> well, we'll still reel it in a little bit here. Um, before J- Vinny joins us, let's talk a little bit more about the area, okay? Let's do it. 
All right. So Phoenix is the capital and most populous city of the United States of Arizona with 1,608,139 residents <sighs> as of 2020. So nice. this makes it the fifth most populous city in the United States and one of only two that actually happen to be state capitals with a population that have more than 1 million residents. The other one, Austin, Texas. Nice. <laughs> I like yeah, it. Absolutely. Phoenix is the anchor of the Phoenix metropolitan area, which is also known as, like I said, the Valley of the Sun, which in turn is part of the Salt River Valley. So the metropolitan area is the 11th largest by population in the United States with approximately 4.85 million people as of 2020. Wow. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. It is. Well, wow. Phoenix, it's the seat of Maricopa County, and it has the largest area of all the cities in Arizona with an area of around 517, almost 518 square miles. And it is also the 11th largest city by area in the United States. And I'll attest to that because when I was driving around with my friend that was down there, it seemed like we never got out of town, even though we were driving forever. Yeah, I felt the, a similar way when I was in Scottsdale. So Scottsdale is kind of close to right. It's it, one it of the considered part of the to, I believe the north. Yeah, it's considered part of the metropolitan area, and I felt like I mean, walking around there, I didn't feel like I was getting very far at all. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this is the largest metropolitan area, both by population and size of the Arizona Sun Corridor, and they call it the mega region. Okay, I like that. So mega region just sounds awesome. Of course, um, in I have to add a little bit to the history of it because we're talking about a land that is far older than most people realize. So I know that there's several tribes that have been in that area. The, Anana the uh, Anasazi was one of the big ones that from which a bunch of other tribes have grown from over the years, like the Hopi, the Navajo, the Apache, etc. So keep your eyes open for some amazing megalithic art and the canyons, of course, isn't isn't Arizona the home of the Grand Canyon? It is. It is. Oh, Lord. But let's it's go back. Also, to it's mm -hmm. also the home of a very well-known alien encounter place. Just Ros outside of Phoenix. Not oh, Roswell. That's not New Mexico. Not Roswell. That's New Shame Mexico. On you. Shame, Shame on me. On you. <laughs> UFOlogy is not my forte. You know that. So but in Buckeye, I Arizona, which is like <gasps> west-southwest, is um, the Stardust Ranch. Oh, okay. I had the privilege of going there as well when I was down there. Man, you've been to Skinwalker. You've been to Stardust. Where else are you? I've never go? been to Skinwalker. I got invited to go to Skinwalker. I haven't gone yet. I'm scared. Okay, probably scared. Probably just scared. Well. Scared. <laughs> I'd be scared of corporate, but that's just beside the point. Anyway, a little let's, bit of go, <laughs> let's go back to Phoenix. Um, it was settled in 1867 as an agricultural community. And it's near the confluence of the Salt and Gila Rivers. And it was incorporated formally as a city in 1881. It became the capital of the Arizona Territory in 1889. It is in the northeastern reaches of the Sonoran Desert. And as Brandon has attested, it has a hot desert climate, which means it's probably really chilly in the evening. 
No, it wasn't really that chilly. It was still really? like 100 degrees. No, oh. there's there's no such thing as cold down there when I was down there. Okay, good to know. <laughs> but it still sounds lovely. Uh, despite this, its canal system has led to a thriving farming community with the original settlers' crops remaining in the important parts of the Phoenix economy for several decades. Um, those crops include alfalfa, cotton, citrus, and hay. And in fact, did you know that there were five C's that are anchored the uh, Phoenix's economy, Brandon? No. Okay. Well, you want to know what those five C's are? Here we go. Lay it on me. Cotton, cattle, citrus, climate, and copper. And funny enough, now that we're talking about copper, I have a, I have an idea that the prevalence of copper has a lot to do with some of the paranormal activity in Arizona. Well, it's a, definitely a solid conductor. Yeah. So, well, all those five C's, cotton, cattle, citrus, climate, and copper, remained the driving forces of Phoenix until after World War II, when high-tech companies began to move into the valley, and air conditioning also made Phoenix's hot summers more bearable. I yes. believe it. I believe it. Most of them places like open up at like four or five in the morning so they can close by like two. Okay. Good to know. All right. So what about the hauntings? Hmm. Let's find out about that. So along with that history and the heat, there are no shortages of hauntings as well. The first location is the San Carlos Hotel. Although there are apparently numerous ghostly events at the San Carlos the most famous is that of Leonie Jensen, who killed herself by jumping from the roof of the newly completed hotel. Although the legend paints her as a romantic figure, leaping to her death over a broken heart and a rather feckless male, in reality, she jumped due to having a long lingering illness from which she could find no relief. Regardless of her origin story, people are convinced she still haunts the hotel. That sounds very interesting. I love that they like crush the romantic lover deal out of the story. You know what I, I mean? Kinda, I kind of do too. Um, and maybe that's something we could talk about on our next episode when we talk urban legends. But uh, give me give me another haunted location, Brandon. All right. So our next location is actually going to be just north of Phoenix. It's going to actually be out in the desert just outside the town of Anthem, Arizona. Ooh. So desert. this this desert area is a hotbed. Oh of, God! See what I did there? Love it. It's a hotbed <sighs> of paranormal activity. Many claim to have seen the spirits of Indians still fighting some forgotten war. Mm. So a ghostly hitchhiker carrying an old time lantern is often seen by the side of the roads, and actually in the town of Anthem, it doesn't get any better. Mm. So one of the residents actually gave this account. I wanted to put it in here. Okay. So she said, she said, in my house, I've heard loud footsteps, shadow hands on the ceilings, loud yells when I was home alone. And I swear they were coming from in the house. Mm -hmm. So there's a spirit of a woman who, uh, who years later, or who I saw as a kid without telling my neighbors, their kids described this woman as the same description. Hmm. So three years later, there was a new family with kids that moved in and they saw the same thing. So she's a Native American woman in a long dress. She stands there without saying a word. Um, and they've also seen other Native American spirits and cowboys as well. Um, objects in their house go missing. There's cold spots. The lights flicker despite the house being built in 2000. And it was that was just a few years before this gal was born. 
Hmm. So yeah, so it's ongoing. But the previous owner is alive, so there was no deaths in the home. Um, when she was 10, she was drinking milk in the living room when she heard growls and thought she saw what was a demon momentarily appear scratching across the floor before disappearing. And she's also hmm. seen figures in mirrors and the alarm going off on its own at uh, regular intervals. Yikes. Time so to move. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... I got nothing. <laughs> right. right. I, I, that's, that's, that's a lot of activity and a lot of recent reports too. Yeah. Hmm. Within the last, you know, 20, 22 years. Creepy. Well, how about I take you to dinner for our next haunting? Our final stop is the old spaghetti factory. This old restaurant was formerly a furniture store and a private residence, and locals and staff claimed the bright, cheerful restaurant had a gloomier, darker past. A female apparition in the basement and an old man floating through the hallways as if looking for someone have both been reported, and diners have also reported hearing whispers, screams, and sobs, and have also reported airborne furniture which is thrown around by an unseen force. That reminds me of medieval times restaurant. Huzzah! <laughs> well, let's let's put a caveat in here. The, the furniture is not literally flying through the air like yeah. you know, like at a wrestling event or something. It's like moving across the floor. Okay. Or like flipping over. It's not like flying across the room where you have to duck because the chair is going to hit you in the head. Okay, and just so you know, folks, if you happen to catch a high-pitched sound, that's my cat meowing at me because I'm down here and he wants his dry food because that's what he does. I gave him a lot earlier. There's no reason for him to be meowing at me. Odin, do you want to be on camera? I'll get you on camera. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's. I know who we should bring on camera. We should get Vinny on. So, para family, let's welcome Vinny... Vinny Amico from Phoenix, Arizona. Vinny, how's it going tonight? Hi. Hello, everybody. How are you doing tonight? We're doing good here. <laughs> Not as and the dog. <laughs> that was perfect. Go by mom. Get out of here. <laughs> perfect timing. And also, just so you know, we do have our chat uh, running right alongside us. We have greetings from Nicole Lynn, who is a friend of mine from Virginia, from the Hopewell Theater, and from Hopewell, Virginia, the Beacon Theater. There's friend of the show, Betsy Kulikowski, and Eric Harrison is on, too. So, hey, everyone. That's right. And remember, as always, if any of you guys have questions for Vinny or for us, feel free to put them in the chat and... We'll try and get them included in as best we can. All right. Welcome to the show, Vinny. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Good. Well, Vinny, let's start her off easy. What got you interested in the paranormal? Well, when I was younger, I was about six years old. My grandfather that spring passed away. We had a summer house. I'm from Jersey, but a summer house in Middleville, New Jersey. It was basically fieldstone, all fieldstone. And I was playing on the back porch, and my, my grandfather smoked the old Italian stogies. And he lost his leg in World War II. Couldn't speak English. Every time he hugged me, he had the you know the scraggly beard. It was always scratching me. And I just hated being around the guy, honestly. But I'm in back porch playing, like six years old, and all of a sudden I get this smell. I I recognize the smell, and I turn, and there he is. So I run inside and grab my mother. I just saw Grandpa. She's like, No, you didn't. No, you didn't. She comes outside with me. Obviously, he's not there. 
but she wrote it off to my imagination, which everybody tends to do. I couldn't leave it alone. As I got older, I started researching. When kids were playing baseball on Saturdays, I was at the library. So that fueled me as I got older. Um, you're working in close environments. I work for the post office. So it's a boring job, and you're talking to you know your coworker, and all of a sudden, there you go. Hey, you know, you believe in ghosts? Oh, yeah, I had this happen. Next thing you know, you had a small group of people that had the same type of experience as you did. So that's wow. kind of how it started. That's fantastic. And what I love about what you described is how you just took all that curiosity and you just went to the library. Well, yeah, that's yeah, great. There was no internet. You know, there was no real mm -hmm. television. We think in 69, we had Scooby-Doo. I mean, you know, Topper and all mm -hmm. of that. That was pretty much it. Scooby-Doo was great because they always debunked everything, which is kind of good. But you know, there wasn't really much out there. And, you know, as you met other people, you heard their stories. Some things were similar. Some things were a little bit different. But it was something that you didn't really talk about. You know, if you mentioned things like that, you were headed for a rubber room. So when people approached us, it was all about confidentiality. You didn't post things anywhere. You didn't do anything like that. You didn't talk to anybody about it. It was very, very, very low key. And that's how it kind of started. So one person we help out, first one was actually in 78, same situation as I had. It was a young child that was seeing something. And I worked with a, a woman at on the night shift, and she was a single mom. And she's like, I don't know what to do. She didn't have a husband. She didn't really have any family to kind of lean on. So we went, we, we took a look, and couldn't really find much, but we helped the child understand and that he wasn't alone and that other people have the same experiences. So that's where it goes. And it, it went from there to there. Somebody heard about this, someone heard about that. And that's how it grew. Love so. it. That well, support's pretty important. Yeah. Well, how did you take that, what was going on in Jersey, and incorporate it now into uh, the Arizona Paranormal Investigation and Research Society? Oh, as the years went on, um, things started to get a little more um, open with the paranormal. And back in Jersey, it was always like, yeah, we'll get to that. You know, yeah, back burning. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. All of a sudden, I got a transfer. We tra I honeymooned in Arizona in 84. And we loved it. We're, we're definitely going to live here one day. So around 2005, we were out here. And I went down to the personnel. I tried to get transferred out there. And, yeah, no problem. Just put your papers in for six months before you want to come did that three years later still nothing all of a sudden boom my uh, my wife's birthday my uh, postmaster hands me a letter goes congratulations and i look at it you have to report to scottsdale arizona oh. so i was like okay so my wife stood back and you know i came out here so once i got out here i reached out at that point you know there were um some websites that had a list of teams you can google things then you know in 2008 so I reached out to a lot of teams that are out here and basically hardly any responses. At that point, I had 30 years of experience. So I don't know if it was something that, you know, they were close-knit, but one uh, group that did get back to me was Jay Marie Yates. And we, I ended know up, them. we ended up meeting and they were great people. And the thing was people in Jersey, hey, you know, I investigated over here. Here's the contact name. Why don't you go over and investigate? Then we'll compare and see if you're getting the same type of things we are out here it's like you know they, they want anything to do with it and when you did have somebody contact you saying you're not interested i'm like well i see you investigated such and such can you give me a contact no that's ours 
you, you can't have that information. Like it was guarded, like they paid the taxes and mortgage, you know? So <laughs> I decided in 2011, all right, let me just, you know, put our own team together. And that's what we, we did. And over the years, it took a really long time to get our core group that we have now, the core people. You know, this, this is a business where you need to know each other inside and out. You can't have any egos. There aren't any know-it-alls. We're all working for a common goal. And it was a long time to weed people out and just get that personality group that just blends so well together. So that's where we are today. Yeah. And I mean, you have to have that. That's that's such a vital piece of an investigative team. It's actually huge. It's so that huge. Other people is actually huge. Because yeah. any type of emotions, negativity, animosity in between, that's coming out with you. And if you're trying to make contact and you have all these skeletons, you know, behind you in your back door, you're not going to really have successful evenings. You know, that's going to be picked up on. So, well, and the other thing with it too is, you know, you're opening yourself up in a place that you don't know to things you don't know, and you got to trust that these people with you have your back. Yep, exactly. So it's been a long road, but um, you know. I'm going to be 64 at the end of this month. So, you know, I got more years, but we have some newer blood that are on and they're just excellent, excellent investigators. And I think, you know, once I decide to call it quits, they will be carrying the torch for sure. So we'll Do be. you feel like you got a little ways to go yet, by the way? You're yeah, talking. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Well, Nicole Lynn had a quick question. She asked, what advice do you have for fellow investigators? Basically, learn your capabilities, learn your shortfalls, because we all are not perfect. We all have idiosyncrasies. Know yourself, first off, before you go in and do anything. And again, get with a good group of people. As far as equipment, you can have cases and cases of gear. If you don't understand how it works, what it's reacting to, it's, they're all, it's really useless. But just go out with a positive mind. Remember to always respect where you're going. You are actually going someplace that is not yours. Whatever reason they may be there, they need total respect and they need to be understood. They don't need to be pushed. It's their way of doing things and you stick with that. You don't try to provoke. I don't. Anyhow, there are teams that do do that, but I get so much with honey. And, you know, that's just the way. And that's my nature. I'm very, very mellow. I, I like I, I like how you said that. I I get I use the honey. <laughs> well, you know you can go out there with vinegar, but you know not going to get anything. You just that's true. I mean, when there's a couple of locations we do a lot, mm. and when I get there, I like the heel of jail. I go up. There's three levels. I go to the top of the second level, and I'm talking in the stairwell. I'm, I'm telling them about my granddaughter, what happened things that happen with me, and it's, it's almost like there's a rapport, like there's an understanding and a mutual respect. And that works out very, very well. Even places that I haven't been to, I'm always introduced myself. I want to let them know what my intent is. I want permission that I'm going to you know, be trying to communicate with you. And sometimes right off, you get something. And if it seems negative or you hear, get out, get out. Get out. They don't want you there. Don't push the envelope. And I know a lot of times you have to pay for things, and I get that, but you really need to respect that location and what they want. Sounds like a plan. What do you think, Brandon? <laughs> I get a little different response whenever I walk into a jail, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, no "Ooh, idea, it's right? Brandon." <laughs> it's more of a, it's more of a, 
uh, a bad word towards a particular farm animal that's associated with police. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Due to my background. Mm. They pick up on that like this. So. I, but, I, yeah. I, I, get, I get peep. I, the time I go into a jail, I get somebody sprinkling what looks like little lights at me. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Jails are going. Uh, we did a lot of theater back east. Um, I always work for the post office. Mm. But I had a side business was was a production of a stage lighting company. So we did a lot of off-off off-Broadway and a lot of small theaters. And you know darn well every single theater you go in there and you're dealing with the crew. And you're like, okay, come on, tell me the ghost stories here. And they would, you know, every theater had something. Oh, so yes. all of a sudden, you know, people started finding out about us. And we started doing a lot of theater work. And I get a call and I'm expecting a lighting rental or an install. And they're like, hey, can you come out and check out our theater? I'm like, I don't make any money doing that. Yeah, okay. Promise you buy something from it though. But that's how we got a lot. And theaters are always, they just are very, very active. It's a place that people, whether worked or they performed, it was a very tight community. And it's something that when you pass, it's something that you still want to be part of. So theaters are very, very active locations. Yeah, and it's also the energy of the audiences yeah. that come in too, because they're experiencing this amazing thing on the stage. So yeah. let's get into some of these places that you like to investigate. Brandon, where do you want to start? I don't know. What hmm. was your favorite, Ben? Oh, definitely the Hill of Jail. I've been there since 2010. Um, when I first came out, again, there wasn't many interactions. Somebody told me about this thing called Meetup, which I never heard about. So I joined that, and it was a bunch of different groups. Anyhow, I got a chance to go up to Hill Jail up in Globe, Arizona. And the first time I was in there, we were on a second level. They call them tanks. And I was on a second cell on the left. It was a neo-Nazi cell, a white supremacist oh, cell, swastikas and everything. So I walked in there. I set up a camera, a stack cam. And I'm walking out, and I didn't hear it, but obviously when you review, I get <laughs> just as I walk out. Now, the people I was with, they call me Vince. I go by Vinny. Nobody calls me Vincent. And all of a sudden, I got a Vinny. So that was kind of curious my first time out. And we've been there multiple times every year. And then we decided to work with the Historical Society there to help raise funds. So now I'm up there pretty much every month. We're doing events going into this month um, for they have something called the Ghost of Globe, which is a ghost walk in town. It goes up and down with they, they call it's Broad Street, it's their main street. And it's pretty neat because they tell stories at different locations. Everybody's in period uh, clothing. You start at one location, you take a tour of the jail, you come out, you go to somebody holding a lantern, you go down to them, they tell you their spiel, you go to the next lantern, and two hours later, you're done. So that is coupled with we do paranormal uh, investigations for the public at the end of the night at 10 o'clock. They usually run at 2 o'clock. So that's something that's been going on religiously now for 20 something years and we just involved in 2017 and it's a lot of fun you know these small towns that are out here that's all that is here is a lot of small communities all wrapped around mining you mentioned copper there's copper everywhere out here and yes it is a conduit for paranormal we have tons of quartz out here that's something else that is going on so yeah nature here kind of kind of helps open up that doorway for us for sure well, and the Globe itself, man, there is so many ghost stories that come out of Globe. I swear, out of every town that I've heard about, everybody always has something about Globe. 
Yeah, well, there's, there's a lot of the, the Healy Jail next door to the 1906 courthouse. We just had the opportunity to investigate that in uh, January. And the Historical Society, there's two boards that control the courthouse. You have the main level in the basement, then you have technically it's the third level. And the people that are on the board on the third level are reluctant to do any type of paranormal stuff. Mm. The downstairs, the other group, board wants to do it so you know we've been kind of bouncing back hopefully 2023 they open up but that was another place i like virgin places that have really never been touched because you're going in there with clean slate no perceptions of anything which is a problem with a lot of people you go someplace like you mentioned san carlos yes is it haunted i i assume it is i've been there i have not investigated in their place but you go to your predetermined and all of a sudden you're starting to think everything is paranormal. And Jason Hawes had an excellent quote on one of the, the shows. He was not yelling at a client, but he was saying, look, if you go someplace expecting something to be paranormal, everything you find is going to be paranormal. If you go in there to dissect it and you know, debunk it, you're only going to be left with things you can't explain. So it was, you know, that is something that should be carried through, that that is a great approach to investigate anywhere. Those claims you hear, Yes, write them down or, you know, have them in, in your back pocket, but don't let them control your night because mm -hmm. then you're just getting, you know, the wrong information. Yeah, and I've said that for a long time. That's really why I avoid a lot of like the real, real mainstream places like, you know, the Waverly Sanatorium and stuff like that, right. because there's just been so many investigators in places that it's so hard to find out any information about the property without hearing 50 ghost stories about what's happened there mm -hmm. and trying to go in there with an open mind is so difficult. Yeah. And I try to tell some of the owners in the historic societies that, Hey, look, you know, this, kind of look at it as Halloween. Everybody loves kids to come to the door trick or treating all the great costumes and their creativity, but you don't want Halloween every freaking Saturday night. You know, you're ringing our doorbell, ringing our doorbell. After all, it gets tired and it's going to shut things down. So you have to keep it fresh and understand, you know, they love visitors. Sometimes they don't, but they don't want to roll the time. So you have to give things a bit of a rest. And the places like out here, like uh, Jerome, the Grant, everybody been there. We talk, oh, where do you want to go in Arizona? Down in Bismarck, at the Copper Queen and the Grant up in Jerome, the San Carlos and Phoenix. Those are things that are big draws because they're on pretty much every single website about haunted locations. So the gems, the ones that nobody knows about are some things that we are doing, which is great. And that's the thing with historical societies, you're helping them raise money. And then there's someone else. Unfortunately, everything is two to eight hours away out here. As you know, driving through Phoenix, it took you forever to get through. But you know, you'll get somebody on a different board that's part of the Arizona Historical Society, which is the main society here. And they want you to come out to their place. We can't just go out there and say, hey, we're going to do an event for you and say it's haunted. We need to go out and get something you know, just to sort of validate or even whatever claims they have, maybe validate what they have. But that's kind of how we work things. And, you know, we started AZ Ghost Stories in 2017 for the simple fact to help these locations stay. I want my granddaughter to be able to go to jail when she's 25 or maybe with her children to enjoy that history, what they did out here and everywhere in the United States and even the world, the work, the hard work to get this place built from that barren desert that looked cracked from the airplane to what it is today. That was a lot of work. It's not easy, especially in you know 110 degree heat. Yeah, you know, it was really brutal conditions out here. So 
Thank you. Let, let's also be clear. Um, Vinny does not want his granddaughter to actually go to jail when she's 25. <laughs> go to places like the Hill of Jail. But yes, definitely. Can you can you tell us the what's the name of that jail again? Halo. Nineteen ten. Hila. I L A. It's it's I L. Okay. There there are a couple. Yeah, some of our friends here on the chat are real into haunted jails, so we want to make sure that they know exactly what you're talking about. I don't see anything in the chat, so I'm kind of. Uh, no, it's know. okay. We got. It's you. okay. We got right. it. We got your back. And right. by okay. the way, say hello to Gail and hello to Tina and hello to Gina. All of our fun people here. Yay. Tina's right. playing the welcome wagon in the group chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us more about the tour that you do. The yes. Well, we try to keep it realistic. These are actual paranormal investigations. Um, we, like, for instance, the Healy Jail, there are some other people that do things out, th out here, which are fine, but they pack a lot of people in. Everything that we get is donated to Historical Society. The jail, we only have eight people. And the way we work it, we kind of sort of interview the people. We show them a little evidence that we have captured, give them history of the jail. We take them on a tour, but we get to know their capabilities. Are we all brand new that, hey, we watch the stuff on TV, we want to try it out once? So we will customize as we're going that night for their needs and their experience levels. If we have people that are experienced, you know, they came in from California somewhere and they want to get a chance to investigate here, we'll give them some space and they'll work as much as they can on their own. So it's kind of a mixed thing. There's no actual program. It's just kind of, it flies as we go. That sounds great. So Gail had a quick question in there. Um, she asked what your opinion was. I mean, how do you feel about when um, someone is actively dying? So like, other spirits coming and receiving them in. Is that something that you've had any experience with? I believe it. I believe that other spirits do come in that area. Um, simply because we are all energy. Everything is about energy. Energy can't be destroyed. It could be transferred and transformed into something else. But I believe in that specific time, there are what I'm going to call guides that will actually come and help people move along, go into whatever the afterlife, which is our question, is there really an afterlife? But that is my personal opinion that, yes, there are spirits there. Sometimes it may be that of a loved one because they may have still been watching them for however many years since they've passed. They may still be part of their lives, always observing. So, yeah, I do believe that for sure. Gail's getting all deep on us tonight. I love it. I like it. You know what? I like it when things get deep. Now, I actually am curious, uh, Vinny, what has been some of the most uh, powerful experiences that some of your guests have had on the tours? As far as the guests go, mm -hmm. we do a couple of different experiments. Uh, we have a variation of the S's method where we use the entire group. Now, some of the background of the jail, one of the most infamous uh, inmates they had, there was a gentleman named Kingsley Old. He was accused of killing his daughter, his uh, employer's two little daughters, Lulu and Myrtle, back in 1911. So they wanted to hang him uh, immediately. They weren't going to wait for any judge. So what they ended up doing was they incorporated him in a cell. He was shot from across the, the uh, courthouse, across the alley, through the bars, and they killed him early morning. So his spirit is definitely there, and we are picking up on his spirit. 
during the S's method, we use all the, the group, their combined energy. Instead of doing something remote where a lot of people tend to do that, we don't use walkies or any of that. And everybody's there and everybody gets involved in the questions. And some of the rapport is not just random words. These people are actually coming up and answering questions. So people are absolutely awed by that type of experience, the actual communication and the relativity of the answers to the questions we're asking. That's a big, big, huge thing that we do that people love. Wow. That sounds like fun. Yeah. We started running dual Estes methods in, mm-hmm. in locations where we have the two people hooked up and, and then we have the other team around asking questions and then watching it as it starts to progress and they start to understand what we're doing and the conversations go from answering the questions, of the investigators to just the two people forth. talking forth. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, we've cool. had that. We did something in a Donna Anna jail. They did a Paracon last year. And they asked us to come out and run the events for them. So there were so many people. I mean, we ran three tours of 10. So we had uh, this huge room. And we're like, there's no way that we can just have one person do it. So we ran an SB11. And we had two people doing a spirit box. And all of a sudden, they were actually bickering. It was like a husband and wife bickering back and forth. And it was, it was trippy. It really was. That was a very, very unique experience. But yeah, that, that is something that we've done. Actually, friends were just in New York with uh, EVPS. Uh, the main team was here, and they also have the splinter outs in New Jersey. And they went to New York State. I forgot where they were investigating. But their S is what they ended up doing. Same type of thing. They had two different people in two different areas. And they also had the walkies to here. But they also had Wi-Fi mics where they were transmitting down to the base area and they had two people writing down everything they say and writing down the times. And they compared that a lot of the communications was relevant to what each other were saying. So they were internally communicating back and forth. So that was a, a kind of real interesting experiment. Well, you talk like about Wi-Fi, so you talked about a, like a splinter team for that other one for EVPS. You guys kind of have one as well, too, with Suds, right? Well, Suds is, uh, again, this is a group of people that we came up. Um, they actually contacted me through Facebook. Uh, they were trying to find a paranormal team to help someone that they know. So we ended up working with with uh, them. They were not Suds at that time. Their uh, podcast was The Truth About Beer and dot, dot, dot. And the and was whatever they were into. And they happened to be into the paranormal. So they started the show. We were on it quite a few times. And that's where it blended. And they want to come out on investigations. So we started bringing them to different locations that we have access to. And they decided to put something together. So we have them on our website, Suds. Then we have uh, Leland, his group. He's an Apache, which for out here is absolutely incredible. We do have recordings. Uh, we have five or six questions in Apache, German. Czech, uh, Chinese, mm-hmm. one or two other ones to actually use on EVP sessions because everybody doesn't speak English. But having Leland on some locations, you know, he's picking up on things. When we do our recorder, we don't know what it's saying. We have to wait for a review or send it to him later on. So that works out really well, having a, an Apache linguist with us. And that's that's his his team. He's part of, part of the group, Splinter Group. So they will handle anything that we get, um, you know, with traveling. I don't know how much gas is by you guys, but we're like five bucks mm-hmm. a gallon. So Sug handled kind of like the southern area. And Leland's team, they end up handling up in the north area. 
being that they are Apache, they're allowed to go to certain parts that Anglos are not allowed to, to enter. So they get a lot of work that way trying to help people. And their spiritual beliefs are very interesting to and associated with the paranormal that we do. Sometimes it kind of conflicts a little bit. So you have mm. to be sort of careful. He has to be careful what he says and what he does. A lot of times the elders have to approve anything that they're doing. Especially recording. We can't record anything. Or show I should say. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. One one question I want to touch on here. Tina was asking um, mm-hmm. that she does. She, she says, "I just don't understand why spirits want to stay at a jail." Now, this That's, is coming from a gal that used all the time. To, she okay. used to she used to work at the jail. So I want to throw my input on it, and you can yeah, give yeah. me yours too. So, Tina, my feeling on it is it's just like if you've ever seen the movie The Shawshank Redemption. So they don't know anything other than being in that jail because a lot of the people that you'll notice are people that were there for long term um they were there for a very long time and they don't know what it's like outside anymore that is their home their safe place everything they know so that's why they stay there it may not be the best place but that's that's what they know that that's a definitely good point uh another Mm -hmm. point if you want to get religious uh purgatory Maybe that's yeah. you know, they hated being there, you know, they're incarcerated for whatever deed they did. And if there is an afterlife and they have to go to an area called purgatory, that could be a purgatory. But you're right, there, you know, people that pass that we get connected with, again, Kingsley, he was murdered in the location. So he may not know what to do. We do not, we don't own the place, we don't ask to, we will not try to pass anything over. Uh, any of the people that come in there, like if we do a private team that will come out and we will be there with them, we ask them, please do not anything like that because it's not our place to do. We don't own a place. We have not been asked by the historical society to do anything. So people that are there, we have Kingsley Olds. There's a couple other that committed suicide. A lot. Of, there has been a lot of murders inside the jail. Guess it was loose. I mean, you know, you're talking about, you know, the 20s, 30s. There were jail breaks. There were people that literally just walked out of the jail because the uh, jailers were drunk and sleeping. So, you know, it was a place that, yeah, it, was, it wasn't the best condition, but they were there for quite a long time, and that became life. That's what they knew the most of. So, yeah, I, you know, same thing with hospitals. Why they go? Why would people hang out in hospitals? Why would there be spirits sitting in a hospital? You know, they passed there. It was. It's definitely a place of misery. It does you know bring in life, but primarily you're going there because it's a bad day that you're having. So, but they are there for whatever reasons, and that's the whole. That's why we're doing what we're doing. We need these questions asked, and it's been asked for decades now, and nobody's any closer to the truth. It's all what you feel. It's your interpretation and. You know, your opinion. That's that's pretty much it. If anybody says no, you're wrong, okay, prove it. You know, you just can't. So yes, every, everything that you're thinking, definitely valid points for sure. Time travel, aliens, and multiple universes, you know, sure. Everything is, is possible. Well, I mean, this open forum going on is working out good because it leads us nicely into the next part of this that I wanted to ask you about. Yay. So you have another thing, group, project, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That, that you're, you're a busy creating. man. So, you are. 
Uh, retired, I do have a travel agency, but it's um, I have 15 agents throughout the states. So we just do the book back end. I don't do any bookings anymore. Uh, but that keeps us so busy. My wife and I run that, and that gives me the flexibility to kind of do what I need to do. She gets upset because she's stuck here, but it does allow me to be able to concentrate on different uh, avenues that I'm looking to do. Sure. Well, the next avenue, like I was saying, is actually on your shirt right now. Yeah, paranormal group, yeah. I wanted to hear about the paranormal group. Well, you know, again, when I came out here, uh, I went on list. And if you go to some of these lists and you click on the links to these teams, it goes to like Chinese writing or their dead links. So we want to put something together that if people are looking for something that they will reach out to us and they're in Idaho or Ohio or somewhere where we have a local team that we can end up referring them to. Same thing with, with tour groups. We want to open it up to haunted locations. It's a lot of work on the back end. If anybody's done any websites, it takes a heck of a yes. lot of work to do all this yeah. and do it right so it works, especially now since everything is via phone. You know, your website has to read right, the pictures have to load. You can't wait for, you know, 20 minutes for your, your page to actually get up and running. So there's a lot of work to that part. So eventually it's going to move that way. Right now it's more concentrating on getting teams together and any teams that do join the paranormal group there's no fees nothing like that just a place another link for your algorithms to possibly you know help you with but again for people to try to reach out and anybody that joins we have ghost hunters outlet which is a small store that we have we carry all the major products we work with a local inventor and uh, he's a retired engineer not bill chapel but same type of guy he has all this crazy stuff i'm actually begging him to please make jordy's visor from star trek where he's oh. he like well there's a possibility to be able to see him so you know he's working on it so that would be an absolute kick right but i, I want one yeah tell me, <laughs> yeah they'll go crazy it's going to be some it's going to go out for cost because i think it's it would change the industry but Ghost Hunters Outlet, I started that because I was frustrated. You know, as gear started to become prevalent, you know, back in the day, we were using uh, cassette players, mm -hmm. bells. We still have bells, compasses. Then introduction of EM meters, people started using those. I think K2 is 2002. It, it started surfacing. So as it developed in Gary, you know, he lost his daughter and he produced the mail meter and the spirit mm -hmm. box and, the, you know, REM pod. So we got onto that, but we are contracted to only sell at specific prices but for us what we do is we ship for free so that's how we're able to help teams get some things affordable but as anybody that joins the paranormal group we do provide special discount codes for them we will also if you bought a piece of equipment that maybe you saw somewhere and you try it out and you just think it stinks we'll evaluate it we'll take it in and we'll try to sell it for you because we have you know somewhat of a reach so all these things are all coming into play we're putting together a production uh, company paramico and that is basically going to be more historic stuff we're going to be working with uh, globe we're going to be doing i think we're looking at eight different buildings where you get the full history we have three or four local historians that are going to help us it's going to be a long project yeah first of all we got to get up there it's two hours away yeah. So, uh, again, then we got to get everybody together. Who's working? I'm, I'm pretty much available, but even historians, you know, they have to allocate time for us. Mm -hmm. So that's another back project, and that's part of the paranormal group. Eventually, hopefully, we'll be able to put like YouTube links for people as well. But again, it's web web design's a lot of lot of work. But that's what this started was just some place that you can find things. 
and you can intercommunicate. Maybe a, a community board will have some time. So it's a it's a work in progress. It just started. We just got this thing rolling. That's exciting. So you know, we've been I've been you know happy. Um, I've had a great life. Um, I have great children, granddaughter. You know, I'm in good health so far. You know, not good. But you know, the whole, whole thing was giving back. You know, the historic locations, giving back to other investigators, helping other investigators start. People have questions. You know, uh, a lot of people they started because of you know paranormal shows, which is fine. But you know, you need to find your own way. Don't just be a knockoff of something you've seen. Learn your identity, use that identity, and become yourself and make your own mark. And that's what I'm trying to do here in Arizona. We had uh, last year a paranormal group. We ran our first Paracon up in Globe. Mm. And I got the idea from Jay. He, his first Paracon was um, 2018, I think it was, or 2019. And, you know, I reached out to him. I said, hey, you know, give me some advice. He said, just have fun. Don't get caught up in the logistics and, you know, who, who canceled on you and everything else. Just have a good time with it. So I kept that in the back of my mind. We had all local, uh, it was pretty much an Arizona Paracon. All local teams. We had historians. We had lecturers. We did uh paranormal investigations, we did uh, ghost tours and historic tours during the day, and we netted the Historical Society 3,500 after all expenses, which I thought was tremendous. So Paracon 2 is going to be April 22nd of this year. So hopefully it's going to be bigger and better. And yeah, you, learn, you learn from what you screwed up. You know, we made terrible mistakes on some things, like the time of year was just too hot. You know, hot, right? Yeah, is like you're 70, you know, so it was it was around 100. So it was a little too hot to be running around outside for the vendors. So mm, makes sense. And also, I mean, we'll actually make sure that we post. Uh, yeah, I'll look that you know, kind of, yeah, that'd be exciting. Yay. And you you just came back from Vulture City. Yeah, we just were up at Vulture City for the past two days. Uh, we had a, a vendor set up there. And again, we made a lot of people. I do sell equipment in the state and out of the state. So there's always a name. There's always a group. And these are kind of cool things because you get to meet people that you've communicated with via email or text. But you never have a chance to you know, kind of look face to face. So a lot of the talent that they had were very interesting, did a lot of workshops. I mean, Vulture City, the, the uh, background to it, basically, it was going to be level. Mm. Uh, there was a mining consortium that bought it. They actually ran the mine until last year. But all these historic buildings, they were dilapidated, and they were just bulldozing. And two of the part of the conglomerate, uh, gentleman Rod and his wife Robin, they decided to keep these and save them. So they put their own money and time to bring these buildings back. I mean, this stuff was falling apart. I mean, you really couldn't go in there and investigate safely. And they ended up bringing it back, and they started through Paracon. They do have events that are up there, uh, weddings and different things like that. But I don't know if you've seen any type of footage or seen pictures of it. It is absolutely tremendous job they did. Mm. So, and I talk to them. I'm going to be here every year because I want to make sure I support you. So, the basically second Saturday of every October forever is Vultures. City, yep. But it was fun. It, it really was fun. Well, you can plan on getting a message from me after we get done with the show, either tonight or tomorrow, and I'll send you all of my team's contact information because we're more than happy to join your group. Great. Yeah, I, I, I'm 
I'm party of one though. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of alone. I'm kind of on my own. You want to be able to have a, a location that people can find. You know, hey, I'm thinking about coming to Iowa. And there's someone there and you can reach out, you know, and then hopefully Power Unity does come up where, yeah, please come out and we'll be glad to take you to some of our locations, help you get around, give suggestions and different things like that. That's, that's kind of how it should work. It shouldn't be standoffish. We got to help each other. Yeah. That's, that's what we have to do because I think we all have a common goal. I think the whole point of the show. That's the whole point. Yeah. Our Unity podcast. Exactly. Get get us get get everybody here. Get everybody around. That's that what was we that to was do. kind of one of the perks I had when I was traveling for work. Is I always would find teams, and I mean it helped that I had the show too, because I would um, reach out to teams and be like, "Hey, I'm going to be in your area in such and such. Can I investigate with you while I'm down there? Let's do an episode of the show while I'm down there too." So we did the show with the different teams and we'd go to these places and I, it opened up so many doors. Oh, of course. I got to meet so many different teams and, and, and Whitney's, you know, experiencing this in the last year she's been here too. There's been so many teams that we've talked to um, just like you where yeah. they want that door open of and course. they want to interact with the other teams. And it's so great to see. It is. It absolutely is. We got people in California uh, coming in next week. So, you know, we, it, it's just, you know, we're not going to give them everything that we have. We want them to have, you know, their own experiences without, again, being anything predetermined, but to be able to share this. And again, your evidence, everybody's personality, everybody's energy is completely different. You're going to be picking up on things that are different than what we've ever even discovered. And that's the cool thing about the, the tours and the events we do is we get different feedback and you know who who is sensitive who has different you know, levels of mediumship and it, it's just really neat to get all this data and have it especially for me because that's that's my my one thing there's four locations that we do a lot and getting all and compiling that data and keeping that and then when new people come out and seeing if everything is correlating to what we have and what they're getting that's exciting stuff to me that's that, yeah. that's the way it really needs to be so any teams that come out there, out here, if you want to come out to Arizona, <clears throat> March, April, October, November, December, don't bother with the summer because it's just brutal. We don't even do events during the summer. It's just too, too hot. You know, the jail is like 110 degrees up there. Oh, God. <laughs> you don't want to be out there. So anybody that ever wants to come out here, please reach out for sure. You Absolutely. heard it here. Yes. <laughs> Don't come to Arizona the summer. Yeah. My God, no, that's what we did. We were we were up in Superior in June. And, <laughs> yeah, it was hot, and that's high elevation. That's fairly cool. I mean, you go to Phoenix with all the well, buildings and streets. There was also it was what three years ago, roughly now, and so they had the forest fire going in the in the oh, in the yeah. forest too. So, and where we were as the evening progressed, you could watch the flames moving over the ridge side. <gasps> Well, so it's, we don't have tornadoes, but we do have fires. That's you know yeah. one of the negatives that we have out here. You don't have tornadoes, really? Not really. I mean, no. we have uh, dust devils, which are kind of mini tornadoes, but nothing I, absolutely massive uh, like you would be here on the uh, you know the east coast or south. But you know those wildfires, we actually had to cease operations up in Globe because the one uh, road to get up there to sixty it was in flames. 
you just couldn't pass. It was, you know, everything was burning everywhere and all different states were bringing in firefighters. It was a really big deal. When I came out here in 2002 or three, there was something called a compound fire. I think half of North Arizona was on fire. And wow. you can actually see it in, in, you know, like California, you can actually see it in the atmosphere and you're breathing it where that's when we really need, you know, to do masks like we had for COVID because that was really hurting a lot of people with asthma and respiratory issues. It caused a lot of problems out here. Well, you guys have those, what are they, the hubboobs or whatever they're called? Hubboobs, yeah. Yeah, yeah basically it's all, we just got done with our season and this was a very aggressive season. I mean, I've been out here, you know, now since 2008 and first year we were out here was incredible. I mean, it rains coming down sideways. Actually, I, I had a couple of tiles. We have those concrete tiles. That's our roof come down because the wind just took pulled it out. Wow. Those heavy tiles. You know, they're like 20-something pounds each. So, yeah, we have the hoboobs out here, lots of dust. Um, you'll, you'll have everything coated out there, and you get your garden hose, and you go try to clean your table, and it just stays there. You got to actually rub <laughs> them off. It's just incredible. And that's, you know, adobe. That's what, you know, they're using the ground here, and that's what it actually is. The caliche that's in here, if you try to like put a, a rod in the ground, you have to wet it. Otherwise, you can sit there and just a pickaxe is just going to bounce off the ground. You have to soak it to be able to dig through. Okay, so good to know. Stuff out here. Coming from the back east, I had a very uh, rude awakening of living here. Scorpions and all the fun little critters. Oh, well, yeah. the nice thing about, and that'll that'll be our, a good tip for this evening. When you're doing your investigations, when you're using your black lights, yeah. shine them around because those scorpions glow in the dark. Yeah. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We have them in the jail. We usually do a, a walkthrough, you know, just to make sure we tell people, oh, yeah. don't lean on walls, you know, watch where you're sitting. Uh, we do some stuff down in, it was just on Ghost Adventures, Acadia Ranch, which they called the yeah. Acadia uh, Sanatorium, which was an old TB hospital. But that place, you know, a lot of the shrubbery and everything is overgrown, and there's just like scorpions galore out there. So we tend to not even let people go in certain areas because it's just really that bad down there. But yeah. yeah, interesting critters. And that actually is another great tip to always do a walkthrough before you do to an do investigation. <laughs> yeah, besides, you know, getting base readings and everything, look at what may be around you. We have, uh, Recluses in there, yeah. uh, a couple other different spiders. One of my guys is, uh, I don't know, he, he just knows bugs inside and out. And he'll pick them up, even though they're poisonous. I don't know how he handles them, but he picks them up and takes them outside. That's it's kind of crazy, but it's a great place. I mean, anybody ever wants to come out here, it's a really good. There's ghost towns galore. It should change Arizona to ghost town. Just call it ghost town, not Arizona, because there's just so much out here. I was talking to somebody at uh, Vulture. And they just hooked up with somebody that way out west, it's in nowhere's land. It's south of Yuma. If you happen to know where the Yuma Territorial mm -hmm. Prison is, that area. Yep. It's mm -hmm. south of that, kind of on the way to San Diego. This guy owns 22 uh, ghost towns. And it's just out of nowhere. You have to do four by four. There's no way to get out there. You can't take an SUV. You can't take a car. But he wants to investigate. So there's teams that are going to rotate. Uh, team A is going to do location one while team B does two and so on and so forth. And then everybody's going to rotate and then we compare what we've got. So that's going to be an intro. It's going to take two years to do from the way everything's going right now, what we're trying to work on. So that's going to be a lot of fun. That's another interesting project. 
Well, it sounds like there's a lot of exciting things in the work for you guys. Um, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, basically, one of our multi sites, uh, AZ Ghost Tours, is one of the sites. Uh, the main company is Paranormal Group. You can Google that uh, info at paranormalgroup.org, uh, azghosttours.org. The Paranormal Company, Arizona Paranormal Investigation Research Society, it's just our initials, azpirs.com. Uh, usually, Vinny or info on any of those at whatever it was will work fine. Uh, phone number, uh, my direct line cell is, let me think of it now, 480-757-2400. You can reach me, but please don't call. Remember, if you're coming from the East Coast, I'm usually sleeping when you might try to get me, you know, like you're calling at 10 o'clock or uh, 9 o'clock your time. It's 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock out here. So remember that, that time frame. But we're usually, you know, um, respond within 12 hours. Facebook, we're on Facebook, all the different entities. Mm -hmm. uh, it is still best to email because besides me getting them, some of the other team members get them simultaneously. So if I'm involved or whatnot, somebody will always reach out. All right. And we'll make sure all that information is yeah. in the show notes. And Paracon 2, October, excuse me, April 22nd, 2023. Mark, come on out. Globe's a great experience. Our entire area is a great experience. You've been to Scottsdale. Scottsdale has a lot of stuff going on in the winter months, you know, car shows and a lot of different uh, sporting events, golf. And all. if you're golfers, this is the place to be for sure. But just <laughs> our natural beauty. It's a great place to come. You know, Grand Canyon, as you mentioned, there's so much other stuff that isn't even on listed in some things that the locals will tell you all about. There's a little seafood house that's kind of over by Sky Harbor. That's I don't haunted. know that one. I can't remember the name of it, but we went and ate there and it was super like you could just feel it in the air. It was super cool. One of the locals <laughs> told us about it. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I mean, it was great. It's th they had all sorts of stories for it, and we didn't really get anything that happened. But I wish I could remember the name of it. I cannot hmm. remember for life. But it's near the airport. It's near Sky Harbor. Yeah, because we never yeah. went too horribly far in Phoenix away from that for meals. Because the place where we were working at was literally almost in the backseat of Sky Harbor. It was right by the University of Phoenix. Down there, which I can't remember, it's, it's pretty much barbecue. But if you want to try rattlesnake, they got rattlesnake and all this. Oh, stuff. yeah, yeah, we were there. Yeah, we're okay. You're looking out at Phoenix, I can't remember the name, Rustler's Roost, maybe. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Anytime we have any family or friends coming out from back east, they're like, We want to try rattlesnake. Okay, we go down there, but it's great, it's a nice place, great scenery. You know, um, you can see beautiful skyline of Phoenix, provided that it's not. We're getting a lot of pollution as of late. You know, mm. so, um, so hopefully that gets cleaned up. Yeah, but, yeah nice. a little place look like a boat. It's a yeah, great place for paranormal investigators to come. I mean, it, it's a mecca out here. You know, Vulture City, uh, you know, Globe, Oracle. Even here in Phoenix, there's so many locations in Phoenix. And all these outskirts, Kingsman, Ruby, all these places that are not on any haunted location list, they're all out here. And they're just waiting to be explored. So, yeah, please, you know, anybody that wants to have a great time, we're right, you know, close to Nevada. So there's, you know, Virginia City and all these places there, Pioneer Saloon up there. These are all places that are four or five hour drive, so you can make a really great week out of it. You know, same thing, you know, people in Nevada are very open for people. You know, they want to communicate and work with people. So this is, you know, out west, come on out, you know. Well, Tucson. Sounds like a plan. Too. Tucson also, yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah, this is a place, you know, definitely a place to be. And you can hit the major touristy paranormal spots. But, you know, Arizona's got a lot to offer, as many places. But um, as I said earlier, I made a mistake by not doing things in my backyard because they'll always be there. And now that I'm here, I'm making sure that I'm making the time to visit things. And Sounds I love like the, the fact that it's, it's young history out here where I saw 300 year old Victorians being torn down for parking lots in New Jersey out here. They're kind of careful and they're sort of keeping things, which is, I think is awesome, which is what we're all about. Don't well, even yeah, get me started that, about tearing down houses. In, and I mean, I think that's good advice yes. for anywhere you live, but make, yeah. sure, make sure you're yeah. checking out your backyard. Please do folks. Please do. And you've heard it here. Let's go out West, my friends. <laughs> well, another thing. Another thing that I should encourage everybody to check out would be Whitney's new book. Yeah. Oh, oh, hi. Okay. Well, it's not, well, it's not just well, it's not just my book. Um, it is coming out through Anatolian Press, and it is an anthology called Autumn Tales: Ten Amazing Authors. 10 spooky tales and it's all going towards a great cause uh pre-orders are up right now for amazon and the release is october 15th we'll have print copies coming out too Excellent. and uh proceeds uh from amazon sales are going to benefit an organization called collective liberty which is fighting the battle against human trafficking so it's, it's a hard battle too it is a hard battle, but you know what we call it? We call our horror anthology with a heart and pre-orders are important because it gets people to see the book. And um, not only am I in it, but so is friend of the show, Betsy Kulikowski. In fact, her story opens the anthology. So plug, 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 Autumn Tales. It's up on Amazon pre-orders check it out always and betsy is with me going whoop whoop <laughs> hey that's it that's it well, it's yeah. a horrible view it's yeah. a horrible view but it's going uh, up on all the socials yay that's it <laughs> thank you all righty well Vinny, we really appreciate you taking oh. the time to join us tonight oh, i appreciate let me yap for an hour uh everybody i do hope you have a great night. And again, if you ever want to come out to the air, please reach out. You'll oh, have a we will. For sure. For sure. And remember, para-unity. Let's para work unity. together. Let's find those answers we're looking for. Okay? Absolutely. I think we can do that. Thank you if so much. If you ever much. hear a word on your spirit box or an EVP, Barracuda, that's me. Okay. We all have, we have, trigger, <laughs> we all have trigger words. Uh, people I work with back east, one guy was an actual lighting designer for KISS. When they first were were rolling around, he 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 actually did this the kiss sign, but his word is kiss. So if you're ever doing an EVP session and you hear kiss come through, it could be Mike. But okay, the thing that everybody should do that you know if we do, we will all pass. But to be able to let somebody know that we're here with them, as that person said, you know, our other spirits that are here when people pass, there are other spirits here. People do visit, so Barracuda is for me. Barracuda, all right. All I right. love it. I, I love like it. it. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you so and, much, Vinny. And thanks to everyone else that joined us and was tuning in. Okay. Yay. Hi, Jeannie. Oh, puppy. Puppy. Okay. No shit. Uh, okay. No bath. <laughs> <laughs>
And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please remember to take a second to rate us five stars or leave us a review. It helps us to get the word out about the show, and we want to hear your feedback to help make the show better. That's right. And if you're an Android listener, you can follow us on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or Google Podcasts so you never miss an episode. The other thing you can do is just simply say, hey, Alexa, play that Unity podcast. <laughs> and she'll follow right along. Remember, if you do like the show, tell a friend. If you want to be a guest on the show or just want more Perry Unity, please join us on either our Facebook or Instagram pages. The other thing, if you want to help support our show, please stop by the website and buy us a coffee. But my name is Brandon. And I'm Whitney. And you have been listening to The Best Place to bring our paranormal teams and family a little closer together. The Para Unity Podcast, and we're saved by the bell. Love you. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Bye.